And welcome, everybody, to episode 21 of the Regression of the Mean podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. And word around town is that Keegan Thompson can throw a football 60 yards. Keegan, is this true? Can you throw a football 60 yards? Of course I can throw a football 60 yards, Sean. You have a mustache as well. For everyone not out there, Keegan has a mustache. He kind of looks like Uncle Rico. So he has a little bit of I could throw a football over that mountain vibes. Could you have made the same throw that Josh Allen made to Gabe Davis? Rolling you out to my left, right on his face mask. I don't know about that, but give me an open field, a football, and like 10 warm-up throws, and I'm, I'm going the distance, 60 yards. So you can throw it 60 yards. Are you going to be able to win any of your fantasy matchups this week, though? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If Devin DuVernay could just catch one football, I might have an opportunity. Oh, geez. Oh, this is always fun betting on Devin Duvernay to bring us home. Wow. What a, what a crazy week for the NFL. No 49ers. So I got to kind of just sit back and enjoy it. Not have to worry too much about my team losing or winning, but your team played on Sunday. And for our first time listeners, Keegan Thompson is probably the biggest Jets fan that I know. And I think the Jets, they won, right? They won. Uh, they were favored to beat the team they played, right? Like, Oh, no, yeah. They were Picking huge favorites. Right? Yep, yeah, yeah. Huge favorites, not massive underdogs to the division rivals that are the juggernaut Buffalo Bills. Bills-Jets actually turned out to be one of the best games of the weekend, and the Jets actually won. So I don't know how we couldn't start the podcast off without hearing your soliloquy on, on what happened <laughs> with Robert <laughs> Tallis Jets this week. What, what's up? What? How did it happen? How did you win? We are maybe the best defense in the NFL, if not top three. That's how we oh, There won. we go. There we go. There it is. We're not adjust. top three. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. I got a little above my britches there, uh, but we have one of the best defenses in the NFL and it showed up this weekend. Sauce Gardner back in action again. After the first drive where he let up that huge game, the digs, he was solid. The rest of the game obviously had the interception on Josh. You know, we had two tone turnovers with Josh Allen and Zach Wilson just played within the game. Didn't do anything crazy. You know, he lived to see another down. That is like how we can continue to win games with such a good defense. Zach just has to live to see another down. And he did that, Sean. And look what happens. It's boring to throw the football away, but look what happens when you do, Sean. You beat yeah, the did Buffalo he, Bills. Did he throw the football away? That was one of my big questions. Did he end up throwing? He did. Right? He did throw the football away, and there okay. was there were several plays where he actually used his legs to convert on some key third downs in a situation where I, I was worried he's going to go out and try and play hero ball, but he used his legs on a couple key third downs. You know, he threw the ball away a couple times, and like I said, lived to see the next down and went out and made the plays that were there for him that we needed to win the game. And also, Michael Carter looked great looked great i mean we started a drive within our own five yard line towards the end of the game and gashed the bills on the ground to basically seal the game between him and james robinson i mean what a performance from robert Sala's jets i know i was really all in on michael carter having a big week i was really in on the whole entire jets team having a big week no I thank uh, you for I, your <laughs> kind words about the jets that's exactly why we won sean because you had so many uh, nice things to say about them yeah, geez. I am a fan of the Jets. How can I not be recording here with Keegan? But I was fading the Jets pretty hard. Saw that Zach Wilson performance the week before. 
I uh, thought the vibes were a little off and it wasn't like I thought the slipper didn't fit or anything. I just thought, hey, like the Bills are the Bills and the Jets have a ways to go. This has been a fantastic season, but I didn't see Robert Sala just coaching up a masterpiece. And, you know, Josh Allen kind of looked like Josh Allen from two years ago, or he, he was the one trying to play hero ball. And he looked like somebody that wasn't playing with like a very good running back and kind of looked like he was asked to do a lot. And quarterbacks are allowed to have bad games. We live in this vacuum where it's like week to week, quarterback rankings, et cetera. But Josh didn't have the best game. And then now we're getting reports today that it's UCL. This is like a pitching injury, right? This is the injury that Matt Stafford had. Yeah, it's had. like a baseball arm injury. He's, he's, he's got a noodle arm. That is the, the medical diagnosis, noodle mm-hmm. arm. Well, Correct. Like, Josh, do you need my elbow? I'll give you my elbow, dude. Like, you can have it, man. What's what's going on? Do we think this is serious? It kind of sounds like on one end, they're downplaying it. And we see other reports that are like, eh, actually, it's a little more nervous. Like, looks a little more serious than it might actually be. You, you think Allen's going to miss any time? I don't know. I mean, I've seen some stuff on like from like, you know, the Twitter doctors that are out there um, that are always analyzing every football injury. But this could be like a four week injury um, type thing. And he could not miss time. I don't think anybody knows. But if Josh Allen misses time, that has massive fantasy implications and would like derail the Buffalo Bills season right now. Also, just want to quick say, oh, and two in division Buffalo Bills are the Jets the best team in the AFC East. I don't know. Maybe time we talk about it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's that is interesting. I Bills have a capable backup in Case Keenum, so from a football perspective, they could probably you know weather the storm if Josh Allen's out a couple weeks. You know, Case Keenum was the quarterback from the Minneapolis Miracle, so you know he he's done some cool stuff in his career. Um, sorry, we're we're just watching Lamar slice and dice people we're, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're noticed we both yeah, paused there so and we're like oh my god lamar yeah he and i are actually recording right now during a game for the first time it is predictably distracting this might get edited out we'll we'll see how we go from here but i think the bills will be okay like stefan diggs will be probably fine in fantasy i don't gabe davis is already kind of a like playing he's such Gabe a boomer bus like, play like that is the gabe davis he's a ceiling play right yeah he's just the ceiling play so I, I think he would be kind of tough to play in a situation where, you know, Josh Allen is out. But we'll see how that unfolds. Hopefully Josh is okay. But aside from a surprising victory from the Jets, potential injury concerns with Josh Allen, the story of the day had to be the return of touchdowns. Or should we call it the regression to the meat, baby? It has now been back-to-back weeks where scoring is at or above its yearly levels from last year. And we got to thank Joe Mixon personally for his oh, five-touchdown spike week. That's probably one of the weirdest teams in the NFL to try and predict week in and week out. I thought Joe Mixon was turning into a pumpkin. And the next thing you know, Joe Mixon is is, is Gale Sayers. So I <laughs> This man is this man's like scoring five touchdowns like he's Otto Graham or something. What what was up with Joe Mixon? I know a lot of you know smart fantasy people saw this potential spike week coming. What did you think about that? Like, do you, do you think this is going to happen again, or do you think it's just like this man had all these touches? It was only fate. It was like regression was saying he was going to finally score and get in the end zone. He's now running back four right now on the season in full point PPR after this fifty point game. 
a third of all of his fantasy points, a third. He scored 150 points, and a third came from this week. He had over 50 fantasy points. One of the biggest games in fantasy football history. Do you? I think, think it's like eighth all time, by the way, Sean. It's like the eighth best fantasy football game of all time. As a running and, back, too. As a running back, and, too, which I think makes it even crazier. And, I mean, he, all the fantasy analysts and, like, the people who – have predicted this and like they have a right reason to i mean nobody touches the ball more in the red zone like at least as a running back and joe Mixon, I mean, he's gotten so many opportunities and just like was not putting the ball is he gonna score five touchdowns every week no but i think this is kind of what you wanted to see out of Mixon, more scoring opportunities and you know he just that was all mixed there wasn't a single other player who really got involved at least fantasy wise in that game against carolina and they got out to such a quick lead thanks to joe Mixon. there was yeah it was an absolute beatdown by one single player. It's just all Joe Mixon. I don't know how you could lose a matchup if you started Joe Mixon. I'm I'm yeah. very excited. It'd be pretty insane if you lost a matchup and you had Joe Mixon on your team, huh? I'm I'm pretty excited to see it. And another big spike week, Justin Fields. What <laughs> we're gonna talk about him a little bit later in the perfect lineup reveal, but Justin Fields had like almost 50 fantasy points in some leagues. In my five-point passing touchdown league, I think he had like 49 points, just insane. In a standard fantasy league, I think he finishes like 42. We've been talking up fields. He'd been QB, yeah. top three QB play like over the past two, three weeks. And he goes absolutely bananas. Um, a lot of people are saying he set the rushing yardage record for a quarterback in the game. He did not. Colin Kaepernick still has that. In regular season. In regular, in regular season, season but, he did. But, yeah, people on Twitter were just forgetting about Colin Kaepernick. But, yes, he sets the regular season rushing record for um, quarterbacks in a game, which is just insane. This is a guy who people thought, you know, was turning into Josh Rosen out there. <laughs> like, people were like, I'm done with him. We need to get rid of him. And now he's in the perfect lineup and it's just an absolutely incredible display that touchdown he had where he pumped fake and then he's just gone for 50 yards to the house was one of the more special plays i've seen a quarterback make in a long time it's like Lamar the way he turned his hips yeah he turned his hips pump faked and then all of a sudden takes off i mean that was special he looks yeah he's so fast but also a really big guy like he's not like six tiny. four he's very six yeah. four 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 six Six four four four. Six four four four. What an animal. Six four what? four four. Six four four four. Someone called Jay-Z. What an animal dude. That is just just an impressive performance. Wanna shout out Aiden Haller, friend of the podcast. Justin's got your back, man. Justin's got your back. A last guy who we thought was gonna go off for 50 fantasy points essentially and join Justin Fields and Joe Mixon was Devontae Adams, who had 36 fantasy points by halftime and finished with 36 fantasy points for the game. I don't know what the fuck was going on there with Josh McDaniels. Predictable um, Raiders outcome there. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that is insane. That is insane. But Devontae had like a 20-point drive to start the game. A pretty remarkable start to the game for Devontae. And you just thought it was like, okay, it's the Devontae Adams week. Here we are, buckle in. And he still is just 36 points. He's still an incredible spike week. But I mean, but like, what could have been if yeah. the Raiders and Josh McDaniels weren't a bunch of Nimrods? Oh, we'll talk about them. Josh McDaniels, 
we sent Derek Carr to fantasy jail last week. And again, for a lot of our first time, let's Tegan and I have a segment called fantasy jail where we send players, ideas, injuries, coaches to, um, you know, fantasy prison for, you know, causing us losses because it's never our fault, folks. It's not your fault. You never. Lost. It's always somebody else. Always somebody else. Okay. So we sent Derek Carr to fantasy jail last week. We'll have some more uh, Las Vegas Raiders joining uh, Mr. Carr. Before we jump into our perfect lineup reveal, though, I'm just curious. What did you think about Tom Brady and this game-winning drive? Do you think it was worth it, Keegan? You, you think, you know, the kids staying at grandma and grandpa's with, with mom, do you think it was worth it? Do you think working with people that are, you know, 20 years younger than you and the existential void is closing in, do you, do you think it was worth it? Because I think Tom I thinks it was I worth it. I don't know. It. I think yeah, Tom he, thinks he, it was worth it. I've never seen him that happy this entire season when he walked up to the podium and he was like, that was fucking awesome. I'm he like, said, that was barely, awesome. He said, you know, that was awesome. That was fucking awesome. Why <laughs> like, you barely won that game, dude? Like that was just—I get it, you know. Late, late game, game-winning drive. Tom Brady makes it happen yet again. And I'm like, dude, you're four and five, and things just don't first look place good for you. First place. What are that you talking about? So awful. First place, and they're going to go to Germany next week, and they're going to take on take on our king. They're going to take on Mr. Geno Smith. Mr. I, I know right Geno Smith sends him back to the divorce lawyers to try and rework his paperwork and get his wife back. Like That's how bad I hope Geno Smith beats him. Next, I'll like call that, it right that's, now. That's Seahawks by 10, at the least. Seahawks by 10. Okay. Well, at the least. I, think, I think Tom thought it was the right decision to stay. I mean, he, he's the GOAT. The GOAT got to play a game. The GOAT's got to keep playing football, even when you're 45 and the wife and kids are leaving. It's That's what you need to do. You need to follow your passions and your dreams. Shout out, Tom. Way to do it, man. Because you haven't done enough already in your career. And Geno Smith, who's now like legitimately in the MVP conversation, the Seahawks are 6-3. and three, And just when you think this guy is done, just when you're ready to write him off, you, you just can't. He's you been too he's good. He's never riding back. He's been so good. I, I kind of hate him now because he's now a division rival. And the 49ers are going to have to go through the Seahawks to win this division. So now, like, Gino's a problem for me in the 49ers. So what what do you think about Mr. Didn't write back? Do you think he's just going to keep going? Here's the, here's the scenario here for the Seahawks, like, in terms of, like, season awards. We have a potential comeback player of the year award, Gino Smith. We have a potential coach of the year in Pete Carroll. We also have a potential offensive rookie of the year with Kenneth Walker. And we have a defensive rookie of the year, Dark Horse, and Tariq Woolen for the Seahawks. I mean, there are so many great storylines around the Seahawks this year. And it's all kind of riding on the back of Geno. And every week, there's like a play or two where Geno has. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's Geno Smith. But then he comes out and he does something else. I'm like, wow. That was Geno Smith, you know, like that was incredible. So just laser. I'm, I'm loving this story. Yeah, just the laser after laser beam. a questionable play. I mean, I'm all in on the Seahawks in this story. I mean, it's I kind of don't like Russell Wilson and all his corniness. So everything that the Seahawks do is kind of in spite of Russell, and I'm I'm cheering for it. The Seahawks are like the all vibes team right now. The the vibes are just immaculate. That's that's what I get from them. They're going to ride Geno Smith turning into 6'4 Drew Brees 
and vibes to like 10, 11 wins and potentially the NFC West division title, which would just be insanity. Just like we all predicted it, right? Just like we all predicted it. But speaking of predictions, it's time that we talk week nine perfect lineup. So for our first time listeners, and again, the reason why I'm saying first time listeners is, you know, Twitter, we've grown our Twitter audience a bit. Some people are finding out about us. We're catching a little steam More people are listening. So we want to break it down with you for what we do and how we do this episode. So on Thursday nights, Keegan and I predict our perfect lineup. So essentially from quarterback all the way down to kicker, we're going to try and predict who are going to be the top plays at each respective position. Then on Tuesday, we reveal the actual perfect lineup and we go through some of our hits and misses and we just talk about the guys that absolutely kicked ass on Sunday. So. Without further ado, Keegan, do you want to go through what you and I predicted and then we'll go through the perfect lineup? Let's let's hear it. Let's see how we do. Yes, I will start with my perfect lineup prediction at quarterback. I had Justin Herbert, Oof. Alvin Kamara for running back one, Oof. Travis Etienne, running back two. Yippee. There we go. You hit Justin go, Jefferson, sir. wide receiver one. He's in the conversation. We'll talk about an honorable mentions. Tyreek Hill, smash. Um, T. Higgins, who I'm addicted to in this perfect lineup, not a smash because the Joe Mixon game occurred. Chris Olave, I got to stop doing that. Uh, Kyle <laughs> Pitts, uh, <laughs> Kyle Pitts, that sucked. Uh, Pat's defense. How many points he scored? How many points did Kyle score? Two point four, I think. That's how he does it. Proud of you, Kyle. But Pat's defense nailed that. That was easy. Could have done that with my eyes closed. Um, and then Justin Tucker was my kicker of the week choice. And then I had Pat Mahomes, who finished, I think, QB2. So we'll take that. Austin Eckler, who just missed. Aaron just Jones missed. got hurt. Tyree Kill. Thank you, Mr. Hill. And that's just going to be automatic. Cheetah is going to be in this lineup every week for me. I keep just banking on Amon Ross St. Brown to go off, and it just hasn't happened yet. I will in six years. Christian Kirk had a good game, but not perfect lineup good. Chris Godwin man gets 12 targets a game. Travis Kelsey had a pretty good game, but you know, wasn't tight end one. Bill's defense, woof. And then Wait, how'd that go, Sean? Game. I did okay. Scored like eight points, six points. All right. No 26 <laughs> points, whatever the Pat scores. <laughs> um, and Keegan, why don't you tell us who the perfect lineup was this week? Because, you know, we okay. predicted this. Exactly. Yep. We are on a roll of being extremely bad at this. So let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, QB1 this week was Justin Fields, 42.7 okay. points, 17 wow. for 28, only 123 yards to the air, but he did have three touchdowns, 15 rush attempts for 178 yards and a TD. That dog will hunt. Holy that cow. dog will hunt. <laughs> um, RB1, as everybody should know, is Joe Mixon. Um, 55.1 fantasy points. Holy 55. cow. 55. 55. Wow. From a running back. Congratulations wow. to all the Joe Mixon owners because I know you won your matchup this week. So congrats to you. Um, 22 attempts on the ground, 153 yards and four touchdowns. Um, and he had two 20-plus yard rushes. That was huge. And he caught a touchdown through the air. 
Okay. Um, RB2, Kenneth Walker, 27.9 points. A nice he day dominated. for Kenneth Walker. What a beast he is. He's so good. Uh, wide receiver one, Devontae Adams, 36.6 points, all in one half. Very impressive. Free kill, wide receiver two, who's going to be in this lineup, like you said, every week, 27.3 points. Um, Cooper Cup in the flex one spot at 26.8 points. Cooper Cup is inevitable, even if the Rams are so bad. Um, the next flex position at flex two is Travis Etienne. The ATN season continues with 26.6 yeah. points. He had a great game. He looked awesome. Mini Jamal uh, Charles. Yeah, I, I watched some comparisons on that after you mentioned that on the pod, and I see where you're going with that. Um, tight end one, Dallas Goddard. And I think we said this when we were recording yeah. uh, on Thursday. We're like, how is anybody going to beat Dallas Goddard? But, you know, might as well try and guess. Nobody beat him yeah. 24 points because he had 100 yards and two touchdowns. Pat's D. 26 points, nine sacks on E. My goodness. One interception, one defensive touchdown, and only three points allowed. And then Nick Folk, the kicker of the week, with 17 points, four for four on field goals, and two for two on extra points. Nice day. Nice day. I mean, Tyreek Hill is on pace to have over 2,000 receiving yards. He has more receiving yards through nine games than Calvin Johnson did. The year that Calvin Johnson set the NFL record for receiving yards. He caught a touchdown finally, only his third touchdown. You'd think he had more touchdowns at this point. Yeah, and it was in the red zone, which is pretty great. It, it's really hard to underestimate what Tyreek Hill is doing this season. It, you know, truly, truly special player. And it's insane to think that the Chiefs offense looks awesome without him. He looks awesome without the Chiefs. It's just weird. <laughs> you know, you'd think yeah. we're, we're watching Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams implode, right? The both of them just look miserable on their on their teams, respectively. Where Tyree Kill and Pat Mahomes are just still crushing it week in and week out in fantasy. So it's it's crazy. And then Cooper Cup makes his return to this lineup. It'd been a while since we shouted out Cooper Cup since he had a major spike week. It's six catches over 20 plus receiving yards. <laughs> yeah. just an insane player their entire offense is cooper cup i don't think one single player outside of maybe derrick henry has a bigger responsibility to their offense functioning than cooper cup it's just oh, it, it's no. it's insane like the only play mcveigh trust is a screen pass <laughs> to cooper cup that's like the only thing they can run every and time i watch have- highlights too from their games i don't understand but cooper cup is open Every time. Like, how is that not, like, on the game plan for opposing defenses? Like, it's just, he is inevitable. Now he can beat man. He can beat zone. You line him up in the slot. It's really hard to, like, bracket and double-team a slot player. And then, yeah, the young bucks, Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne, really coming on strong. I think, like, three or four top ten finishes for them in a row. So they are turning into... To league winners. I mean, ETN in particular. A lot of people took him in the third, fourth round. He started out slow. James Robinson was the starting running back. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find five better weekly starts right now than Travis ETN. Oh, absolutely. And then honorable mentions Pat Mahomes, 35 fantasy points, over 446 passing yards, 63. <laughs> Yards on the ground. Didn't have a lot of touchdowns. He only had like one or two touchdowns, but just yardage totals just going absolute banana. Well, he had 68 passing attempts. Oh, my goodness. That's a, 
That's a team that can't run the ball, man. Yeah, My I thought goodness. I wasn't sure I was reading that right, but well, because Tennessee has a pass funnel, so they have a really good rush defense. They just force you to throw the ball, so it makes sense. You got Austin Eckler here, twenty four fantasy points. Eckler, I think, is the clear RB one. Him and CMC moving forward for the rest of the season. Derrick Henry, 23 points, doing most of his damage in the first half and then having a slow second half. That whole entire Titans yeah. offense was pretty slow in the second half. Justin Jefferson, 25.5 fantasy points. Just a classic. Down the end zone again, which is Seven great. for one. Yeah, just a classic seven for 115. One touchdown from Justin Jefferson. It's just one of the more automatic starts. Christian Kirk, the guy I really liked, finishing with 21.6 fantasy points. Solid week for Kirk. And then Cole Komet. Cole Komet, 22 fantasy points, five catches, 41 yards, two touchdowns. Cole Komet is turning into a player you should go pick up. A lot of people this season had Cole Komet as kind of a sneaky play. Like, hey, this guy's in an offense where there are not a ton of pass catchers. He's talented and, you know, the ball should find his way. And he didn't score any touchdowns last year, so he should score touchdowns this year. And I mean, it's three to zero last year, so positive regression for Cole Komet. But this offense mm-hmm. was, was not functional. Like I'd I'd rather just start a goose egg in my lineup than roll the dice on any Bears players in the first two to three weeks of the year outside of like David Montgomery. Yeah. And now you have all these guys you could play. Fields, Komet, Mooney's been playing pretty well. Like he's your wide receiver four. You could play him in a bye week, no problem. Like Khalil Herbert has got juice. It's it's kind of crazy to see what this Bears offense has done and the turnaround it's had. Like they scored 32 points in a shootout against the Dolphins, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they were a defensive pass interference away or missed call from, you know, having a chance to win that game. That was a great game from the Bears all around. They're they're pretty well coached. Uh, I think I think it's time to give Luke Getty, their offensive coordinator, a little love. And Matt Eberflus, I think, knows what he's doing. So they're they're an interesting team to keep an eye on. And Fields is somebody I am going to be taking a long look at next season. As like kind of this year's Jalen Hurts, he's kind of doing what I thought Trey was going to do. So it it's bittersweet. I'm a fan of Justin Fields, but as a 49er fan, seeing his development on display, it's kind yeah, of a this gut is punch. what fantasy fantasy guys were like. This is what Trey Lance was supposed to be, but I guess we'll never know. We'll always have next year, right? <laughs> Except the Tom Brady to uh, 49ers rumors you're picking up. My goodness! Oh my gosh. Oh, I couldn't even imagine it. Is our perfect lineup for week nine. Just like just like we wrote it up, Keegan. This was yep, uh exactly this was a fun week. If you go through it, it's kind of buoyed by a bunch of spike weeks. And then everyone else was kind of just in like the 20 range, 25 point range. So it was a lot of fun, especially considering there were so many buys this week. We were in straight up round two of buy Mageddon, and we got this kind of offensive explosion. It was a fun week. It was a fun week for some fantasy fireworks, but you know, you know, it isn't that fun, Keegan. Milk. Milk wasn't that fun, Sean. It's when you decide to choose milk, even though pretty quickly you start to figure out the milk was a bad choice. All right, everybody, it's time. Milk was a bad choice, week nine. It's so damn hot. Milk was a bad choice. So for our first time listeners, milk was a bad choice is an opportunity for Keegan and I 
to air out some of our worst misses from the week before. Keegan and I, as you may know, just started doing this. And just like the experts, we have no fucking clue what we're doing. So we consistently miss. And I don't want to take it personally when I miss. Keegan doesn't either. And the whole point is to have a little fun and be able to make fun of ourselves. So we like to reference our, our good friend, Mr. Ron Burgundy, not Ronick Mara, uh, the real Ron Burgundy. And we like to pay homage to the, his decision to drink milk when it was over 100 degrees, which was a terrible choice. So, Keegan, I'm going to give it to you, Mr. Kicking My Ass in Perfect Lineups Week to Week. Oh, what were some of your bad decisions this week? And again, first time listeners, we're going to make a lot of milk related analogies and puns. And we're going to really sell the fact here that we're talking about dairy or, or dairy type products. Yes. Yes. So my first um, dairy mishap uh, that I'd like to go over is uh, Raheem Mostert. Um I mean, our start sit section that we started last week, I had Raheem Mostert as a great start option, especially on the, the second by Mageddon. But Raheem Mostert, to me, in his situation and the running back room that now has Jeff Wilson, feels like he's in the last years of Milk's, like real Milk's prominence. Like Jeff Wilson has come on into this team and immediately matched him in carries, um, but outrushed him. He also out targeted him three to two and and Raheem Mostert is like the last waning years of like real milk like the got milk campaigns are fading away oat milk is here almond oh, milk is here oh, and that's, oh so you're saying that's Jeff, Jeff Wilson. Wilson is the new the new trendy alternative in Raheem correct percent like in like Raheem's like two percent because I thought for yeah. a second you were like saying that milk was expired but you didn't know it was expired because Jeff Wilson no I didn't know that we were moving away from real like, milk yet yeah, the research oh, hadn't come so, out okay. that told us that humans weren't supposed to actually drink uh, this much cow milk late into their life yet. Like that's oh, Raheem Mostert to me. This so week. you'd been living, you'd been living in Arkansas. Okay, that makes sense. Correct. That makes correct. sense. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't uh, know about soy milk. Okay. Yeah. Tough. Um, he might have lost his starting role. No, I lost it. But um, you know, I thought it was going to be one A, one B, where Mostert is the A, and it, it appears that Jeff Wilson might already be the A. So. They're going to play a lot. Bad. They're going to play a lot. I think they already did a 50-50 split. The 49er fan, I'm instantly familiar with Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. I think that Mostert is a player you want to keep fresh. So if you want to save him for the stretch run or the playoffs and lean on Jeff, who isn't necessarily always been the model of health, but is this violent in-between-the-tackles runner, it, it makes sense. They're a great pairing. So it was a little surprising to see him out there playing 50% of the snaps less than a week after he's traded, but um, still an impressive performance. But yeah, you're an idiot for, for suggesting Raheem. So what, what was your next? And speaking, uh, next speaking of um, not supposed to have an immediate impact on the team after they get traded, uh, TJ, what the fucking sin was that? <laughs> <laughs> I oh, mean, yeah, man. I mean, oh, I had TJ oh, Hawkinson as a major sit. Candidate, um, especially coming off the trade where, you know, he's got four days to learn an offense. And what does he do? He gets nine targets. He catches nine balls and has 70 yards in a game where he was a huge part of helping them win over the Mandels. I mean, I guess he didn't need that much ramp up time. 
just stealing Adam Thielen's job. It was crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, he also I, looks dude, like a Viking, which is he did. So I should have, I, I should have thought about that. I, I was literally watching TJ Hawkinson have a good game, and I immediately thought about you making that suggestion. I had some people text me before the game, should I play Hawkinson? And I was like, I didn't love the idea of him playing. I And I stand by that. It was kind of a risky play. You don't know where you're going to get. But what killed me was the fact that I'm texting people like, yo, Hawkinson looks awesome. Dude's going off. Looks like a Viking. And then I start checking my fantasy matchups and I'm playing Hawkinson in like three leagues. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now, TJ Hawkinson? You're... You're going to go from scoring 40 points three weeks ago to scoring like two and three, and then immediately you're just going to be like a 15-point guy now on the Vikings. It just kills me. Yeah. It's just, it, you just know he's going to do this like every week now. And you're just like, damn, I should have traded for TJ Hawkinson now if he's going to be like this consistent player week in and week out. Hand up. I was absolutely wrong about that. So I will eat Dude, that. But hey, how am I supposed to know that he's going to learn the offense in four days? He's a Viking. That was a risky He's a fucking play. genius. That was a <laughs> he's got curly hair no one has had a harder four years than tj hawkinson if you look at the time <laughs> lapse of what he looked like when he came in the nfl <laughs> yeah that's what he looks like now my man has been through it it was like obama in his first term okay what what do you have here for uh your third well four four dairy decisions that is brutal yeah look i'm just being honest here and owning up to my bad takes i mean this is this is all for the sake of content like we say but um my next one is Derek Carr. Um, this one wasn't that bad. I mean, I did say to sit there car, but this is just kind of feels like I had ice cream and it was too hot out and I really enjoyed the ice cream kind of, but my stomach hurt and now I'm feeling weird because it's a hundred degrees outside. I'm sweating dairy out of my pores. Um, he finished the QB nine on the week is like great. I guess, um, he had a really strong first half, but then he cooled off a bit and you know, it's It's an L I did say to sit him. But he finished with like 18 points, so I'll take it. You know, I still enjoyed the ice cream, uh, even though it made me feel bad. So I can live with that. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't, I don't know, man. How? Yeah, I guess. I guess he said sit him, but I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, he's a top. Uh, this one, um, I don't know. You, you tell me if this was a bad choice, Sean. I had uh, Kyle Pitts as my last. Uh, milk was a bad choice. Uh, oh, I made this reference. We just once, but keep this is the going to the well. Time. We just keep this going is, to the well, man. We just keep going him. back to the fucking well. We gotta stop, man. I, we, I think I've said this one before, Sean, but this is actually what happens when you get like a double scoop of ice cream on a fresh waffle cone, and both scoops fall when you go to take a bite of it. Like just fall onto the ground, and that's Kyle Pitts being wide open for a seventy-three yard touchdown through the air, and Marcus Mariota can't get him the ball. I mean. That would have catapulted him into an almost 20-point fantasy game. I can't believe dude, it. Dude, that that Kyle Pitts went out to get milk and cigarettes and never came back. That's, <laughs> that's, where, we're at. That, that's where we're at with Kyle Pitts. Just left this in the cold. I, I just, I'm still going to play him every week. I still love you, Kyle. You're still just a yep. freakazoid. Um, your quarterback week. your quarterback's going to spend some time behind bars. Don't Do not worry, Kyle. We're, it's never going to be your fault, man. Never. My milk was a bad choice. So my strategy for fading specific players was I wasn't going to play any of the Jets against the Bills. I said, sit the Jets defense. I said, sit Michael Carter. I said, sit Tyler Conklin, which was a good play. Tyler Conklin didn't have a good week. 
And I, I definitely didn't think Michael Carter was going to have a good week. I said the only way Michael Carter could get his 10-point projection is if he catches like five or six balls. No, Michael Carter just looked awesome. Got like 10 carries, 80 rushing yards, scored a touchdown, 15 fantasy points. was a big reason why they won that game. So that was that was just thinking, overthinking it. I was just trying to play it smart. I just was hating on a specific type of ice cream. And I just said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to fade that ice cream without even just even trying it being a little more open-minded to the ice cream turned out it was really good i you know what mint really really chip. good mint chocolate chip i'm gonna be like yeah you know, i don't even make mint little chocolate mint chocolate chip i think i'm good and then you eat it you're like yeah you know i shouldn't have probably faded it i probably shouldn't have faded it so hard me chocolate chip's pretty solid i can't i can't deny it i said to sit tyler lockett yeah that was brutal tyler Lockett had a great game caught a touchdown 17 fantasy points I was a little surprised in how this game actually broke down. He only had three points the last time this team played the Cardinals. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. I should have just stayed away. You can't predict these NFC West matchups sometimes with the Seahawks and the Cardinals. I should have just stayed away. That that's again just just overthinking it. Tyler Lockett's too good of a player. It's like me just telling people, don't eat some cookie dough. Just stay away from cookie dough ice cream. Like, what are we doing here? Cookie dough's delicious. You can't have it every so time. Delicious. What are, every time. What are we doing? It's just delicious. It's got the little bite-sized cookie bites. I mean, like, what are, what are we doing here? Cookie dough's dank, Sean. It's just a, it was just a bad decision. And then Trevor Lawrence. I just got to stop it with Trevor. I just got to stop. I got to stop it with year two, Matt Ryan, because that's basically what this is. I got to keep – I got to stop telling everybody – that they have to start drinking flax milk. Like flax milk <laughs> is the wave. Like you need flax milk. Flax milk is so much better than oat, almond, and 2%. You just you got to try flax milk. Everyone drinks it. And they're like, buddy, this this ain't it, chief. This ain't it, pal. And I'm just like, no, nah, Trevor Lawrence, he's going he's gonna to put it together. Jacksonville, Jesus. He's going to do great. Doug Peterson looks like a Muppet. They, they're just going to crush it. Christian Kurt. No. Don't drink flax milk. Stop starting Trevor Lawrence. Pick an adult at quarterback. Get yourself a real dairy beverage. And that is uh, week nine. Milk was a bad choice. I think we'll have plenty to talk about next week, Keegan, as we always do. Of but again, course, yep. it's it's time. It's time. We're gonna send we're gonna send some people to fantasy jail. You're stealing, right to jail. You're playing music too loud, right to jail, right away. You're driving too fast, jail. Slow, jail. Marcus Mariota. Or should we call you Mark Mary Woda? Woda? What are you doing, pal? I don't want to hear about how you average nine yards per attempt. It, it, you're running the Navy Shipman offense. You've got like nothing going in your arm. You got full blown noodle arm. You got Kyle Pitts streaking wide open for a 70 yard touchdown, and you turn into Jimmy Garoppolo. What are we doing here, Chief? Like, come I didn't even think on. he had the arm strength to get the ball there, and he overthrew it. Oh, it was so open. Kyle Pitts had 22 receiving yards, and he had 200 air yards. Air yards or is a stat that tells us how many yards the ball traveled in targets to a specific receiver. So this man had 200 air yards. If you have 200 air yards, you typically have a great game. My man finished with three fantasy points. Like Desmond Ritter, like he cannot be that much worse than Marcus Mariota. Mariota's had a good season. He's been decent. He's been running that offense pretty well. But come on, man. Like we only care about our fantasy teams, Marcus. 
even though your personal achievement is great, starting the NFL again, happy for you. You're going to have to spend some time behind bars. You got to hit Kyle Pitts when he's wide open like that, man. Like, you, you could be happy in prison. Aaron Rodgers in the entire city of Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers has no heart. He hates his teammates. <laughs> he legitimately looks so unhappy. He blames everyone else on the Packers except himself. Like, this dude is the worst. And his team isn't that good, though. But... What are we doing here, LaFleur? Like, you're on the four-yard line, and you have Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones is literally one of the best running backs in the NFL. You give A.J. Dillon, who is just not good right now, you give him two yeah. out of four plays. He can't get in the end zone. Rodgers throws a back shoulder fade to fat Sammy Watkins. Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, Sammy Watkins uh, like doesn't look like an NFL player at this point. And, and then what was the play called? A- the Boxiari. I don't what know, was dude, I that? No, I don't even know. And then it was actually like a decent play call because Bakhtiari was so open and Rodgers underthrew him by like five yards. Rogers well, what are we doing? Three interceptions. This is, the, this is one of the worst defensive teams in the NFL. Why are you getting cute? What is the need to get cute? What, what, is, what did Richard Sherman say? Run the damn ball. Just give it to Aaron Jones. Like, what are we doing here? Like, we're just overthinking it. We're just overthinking it, LaFleur. LaFleur needs to be like his little brother and start calling better plays right now. Like, that was brutal. And Romeo Dobbs got hurt. That sucked. High ankle sprain, like, immediately at the beginning of the game. You hate to see that. But Green Bay is down bad. They just, they just lost to the Lions, man. Like, that is insane. And Rodgers was not good. Against the Detroit it's time Lions, to blow it up for them. The worst, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like seriously. Byron Leftwich, what is going on, dude? The offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What is this offense you're running? You you are the worst rushing team like of all time, and you just keep handing the ball off to Leonard Fournette on first down. Like Fournette has officially turned into a pumpkin. Like he is a week away from getting carved. And ready for next Halloween. The man looks truly atrocious out there. And you're just going to continue to feed this man when it's clearly not working. And then at the end of the game, you go into a clear and obvious like one minute drill. Tom Brady gets to call all the plays and you immediately march down the field and score a down. Like, what are we doing here? What Chris Godman has 12 targets and he has 10 fantasy points. Like, when did he become Deontay Johnson, dude? Like, this is Chris fucking Godwin, all right? Like, w- what are we doing here? Uh, it's Scotty Miller. Catch the fucking ball. I, I, this, I, I, NFL schedule makers. NFL schedule makers need to go to jail. I am so over this. You gave us an electric morning slate, and then because of all the buys, you give us two games in the afternoon on the West Coast. You give us Stafford versus Brady, the who's more washed bowl, or who has the worst offensive line in football bowl, and then you give us Cliff versus Cliff fighting his hangover. I don't need to see Cliff Kingsbury in his stupid Ray-Bans. I don't need to see that on my screen. I just don't need it. I don't, and I guess we got to see cool Gino, and we got to see Kevin Walker and Tyler Lockett. We like the Seahawks, whatever, fun fantasy team. But, like, you're going to put the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Bucks, three of the most just – 
down bad offenses in football, you're going to put them on the field and just literally, like it's like a clockwork orange. They're just forcing our eyeballs open, and we just have to watch because, again, we'll just – they could feed a shit in a bowl and we eat it at this point because we're just Speak so NFL crazed. Speaking of the Cardinals, I think a late addition to fantasy jail might have to be Robbie Anderson getting the oh, fall oh. star and calling oh off DeAndre Hopkins' touchdown. <laughs> that was the most Robbie Anderson thing. Dude, this is pure fantasy just I'm just a degen. I have I'm playing Matt Prater in a league and I'm like, oh Cardinals about to get a field goal, baby. We're we're marching. Like literally 25 yard completion just square off the mitts. Like Robbie Anderson. This man, oh, he looks terrible. Mike. He must have been playing against DeAndre Hopkins in the league. There's no other explanation for that false start. Uh, my man, my oh my, Robbie Anderson, Sir Purr. Yeah, Robbie Anderson is going to jail. <laughs> like, literally, all of us should go to jail for watching those two games. Like, we had an opportunity to spend time with our loved ones and people we care about. And we just said, nope. Nope, I'm watching Bucks versus Rams, and I'm watching Cliff versus the Seahawks. This is what I'm going to do. This is my life. We should all go to jail for that because, wow, that is that is just poor judgment on our parts. Jim Mersey, man, he might need to go to rehab. I don't know if jail is the right yeah, place. Yeah, what's going on uh, here? Do you think Jim Mersey is going to wake up tomorrow and be like, I did a press conference? Like, what is oh. going on with that, man? Ooh. That is crazy to fire Frank Reich. Keep your GM, who's I just think is one of the more overrated GMs in football, in Chris Ballard, who literally is like never gone for it at all. Like just just the safest things ever to keep his job. And then you hire Jeff Saturday, who's literally a talking head with no coaching experience. Like, sure, that's not gonna ruffle any feathers, like minority no, coaches or anyone else that's worked hard their whole life to be a coach. I mean, what what are we doing here? Sam Elling Sam Ellinger is looked he, atrocious. I mean, Sammy E looked atrocious, looking like his brother Sammy D, Sam Darnold. Shout out Jets. Shout out Panthers. Go Keegan. Yep. I mean, what an atrocious offense. And if you try and tell me the straight face this team isn't trying to tank, you're an idiot or you're a liar. So and the I think Jim Mercer is gonna come out both. of this. Yeah, the all-time quote that will come out of this presser that Ursay did, also doing it during the Monday Night Football game, smart, you know, less eyes on. Yeah, chestnut check. He said, look, we're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. That means we're in the upper quartile of winners. We're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. (laughs) Analytics. But that's a stat right there. Upper quartile of the upper quartile, baby. Hang the banner. It's a fucking football guy right there. He he said, um, "What was it? He didn't. He liked that he didn't have any coaching experience because he wouldn't get bullied by analytics or something. Yeah, he's, he's not scared. He doesn't. He's not worried about analytics. Like that's good that he's never been a coach. I'm like, eh, whatever you need to tell yourself to sleep better tonight, Mister Ursay. <laughs> that is tough. That is a uh, that is tough. Jim Ursay, spend some time behind bars. It, it, just please, like, spare Michael Pittman. <laughs> spare this incredibly talented wide receiver who's just getting flushed down the toilet right now. That is that is a tough place to be in that locker room. It is just seems like an absolute tire fire. 
and and uh, and Josh McDaniels, man, you, you got to go to jail. I just don't know how you can get a 17 point lead and Devonte Adams can have 36 fantasy points at halftime, and you just immediately say, you know what we just did? Let's rip it up. We're not doing that shit. We're trying new stuff now. And you, you just like Raiders fans got to be so over this man. How many? How many 17-point games has he blown? He's blown three already in his first nine games, and the Raiders have blown five in the past, like, 50 years. He's just got to send this man to jail. You're calling the plays. You go up 17. Your star wide receiver is absolutely crushing. You should immediately go away from it. Like, that's just that's just jail, dude. Oh, like, and I guess just... what? We get Jeff Saturday versus Josh McDaniels on Sunday. Just a... Oh, that's good. That's good content. Just that's a like matchup uh, for the ages. That's like the, that, there's so many con- fantasy convicts in that matchup. It's like the longest yard out there. It is. <laughs> it is tough. A lot of a lot of people that are in trouble <laughs> with the fantasy law out here. I'm trying to think anything else. Seen. I don't know. Um, uh, Marcus Mary. I don't know. I can't believe he Andy Dalton that. for not being able to just. Oh, don't even. Olave, oh, don't but... even get me started about the red rifle. Oh no. Oh, he looked so bad tonight. I mean, the Ravens defense turns out trading for an all pro makes you look better. Um, but if you were playing the Ravens defense tonight, hypothetically, because I certainly wasn't, you were probably uh, pretty happy with. Andy Dalton just looking terrified out there. Just like he like, oh, Alvin Kamara's open in the flat. And I was like, nope, don't even think of checking down. Just take that sack, Andy. Take that sack. That's fantasy jail for week nine. And this well, is we've got stuff to take pretty on. seriously. We take it pretty seriously because remember, it is not your fault you lost. It's not. It's always it the fantasy is. players that lost you the game. It's never your fault. So if you're or the NFL coaches, manager, correct. Coaches, owners, injuries, teams, ref, injuries, play calling, you name it. I just want you to remember to tell yourself after a bad weekend of fantasy football that it's not your fault, okay? It's there's only one guy drafting these players and putting them in your lineup. There's it's only one guy who will never, he has a lifetime free get out of jail card, Scott Hansen, the only guy. Everyone else, you are fair game. You are fair game. Absolutely. All right, let's talk waivers. So, Keegan, this might be the best week of the year for waivers, right? That's what you were telling me before we jumped on? Yes, absolutely. I was highlighting just how excited I am to talk about um, the waiver wire this week. And I'll kick it off by the most exciting player of the week, Daniel Jones. Let's give it up for Daniel Jones. Coming off a bye. We're hopping back on the saddle. Absolutely. Um, I have in my notes here, coming off a bye week, Daniel Jones gets to play the Houston Texans. Um, and you know, on paper, that sounds pretty good, but I actually looked it up. Uh, Houston Texans have been pretty good against quarterbacks and fantasy this week. They're only averaging about 13 and a half points, um, of QB fantasy points against them all year, which is pretty good, but you like the rushing upside, you know, you know, Daniel Jones can run the ball. Uh, the giants are coming off a bye week. They're going to have plenty of time to get some offensive scheme going here. I think there's worse things you could do here. Um, QB2, we're back to the Mariota well after we talked about jail, but I'm giving him an opportunity to get out a free card, a jail free card here, because the rushing upside is there, yes, but the Falcons have the second easiest remaining schedule for fantasy QBs throughout the rest of the year. So doubt he's going to be there, but Justin Fields, of course, if he is, please go get him. Um, we talked about this last week. We're trying to get ahead of this. Um, you might have missed the oh chance there. Oh, my goodness. But- 
if Justin Fields is on I know I went and did that in two I did that in two leagues last week and hey we told you guys last week to uh go pick up Justin Fields and you know you probably missed your opportunities I know in one of the leagues that we're in Sean together he's actually out there but um that is who I've got for quarterbacks this week so nothing sexy nothing spicy um you know Trevor Lawrence could probably be okay um for running backs uh Jeff Wilson Jr um we brought this up a little bit last week on the like trade follow section of our podcast but if somebody dropped him because they were upset with the christian mccaffrey trade or wasn't sure um and nobody picked him up after the trade news uh this is a really good opportunity to go get jeff wilson jr who might be the 1a or it might be just 50 50 split but it's not a bad offense to be a part of remember in fantasy you want players who are in good offenses um so i think jeff wilson's actually a decent ad this week um isaiah pacheco um so this is a a future move as well too so kansas city has one of the easiest schedules like top five easiest schedules remaining rest of the season when it comes to running back matchups um so you know not a great outing but that was against a really good tennessee rush defense and we talked about that with why i wanted to sit ceh last week but it's it's a little dicey to go to this three-headed rushing attack that is a Kansas City Chiefs, but Andy Reid sees something out of Isaiah Pacheco. And who am I to question what Andy Reid sees here? So I'm going to take that with a grain of salt and know that it might be a three-headed monster, but also know that they have a really easy rest-of-season schedule for running back matchups. Um, some other options, like potential handcuff stuff, would be like Jalen Warren. Dontrell Hilliard, uh, Rashad White, who we always talk about on here. Uh, Chuba Hubbard will be a decent option because he'll get back into the mix. He's been injured the past two weeks and should mix in, but it's not sexy out there for running backs. You need to be looking ahead for um, handcuffs to shore up your lineup, especially if you're in like the top of your league. And you need to look at some rest of the season schedules and see who has cushy matchups down the line, especially for playoffs. If Jeff Wilson's out there, yeah, I mean that that's a that's a must pick up. It's <laughs> a must Absolutely. pick up. I yeah, I would run to the wire and get Jeff Wilson on your roster. And I agree, it's it's handcuff. It's dark throws. You know, teams are going to start benching guys. Guys are going to get start this, getting hurt, and random running backs are going to rise. You're, you're, you're this is where it. we're at in the fantasy year. It's it's time to get strategic with your waivers. So if you've got yeah. if you got a Derrick Henry, go get a Dontrell Hilliard. If you can have uh you know space on your roster, like just sure up your starting running backs with some insurance at the very least with the waivers yeah. this week. Yeah. Uh, wide receivers. This one's actually not a bad week for wide receivers. There's some interesting names out there. Um, one pe- one person I have here is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, so not a huge splash week, right? Um, yet this season hasn't scored a touchdown, but you know, just before the bye week, he had three straight games with over 70 yards receiving. Um, and so we hope, you know, in the, in the mode of, or, you know, in the mindset of what our podcast is, like a regression to me, and like we're hoping for some positive regression and touchdowns for Donovan Peoples Jones here, but he's been very steady. Um, he's had double digit fantasy points in five of his eight games he's played this year. Um, so I think there is, you know, far worse options to chase out there than Donovan Peoples Jones. And look, um, I'm not a Deshaun Watson fan. I do not support what Deshaun Watson did, but the fact of the matter is he will come back um, and that will help push the ball down the field more for the Cleveland offense. Um, so Donovan Peoples Jones could be a you know someone who would be a huge beneficiary of better quarterback play down the line, um, and this is the sexy one of the week, and it's Odell Beckham Jr. Sean, yeah, OBJ, um, OBJ. He's, he's got teams. He, is he a free agent? 
I haven't seen any alerts. <laughs> Have people been talking about? He's, <laughs> he's got teams literally courting him. So I mean, he's been alerts. like going on recruiting trips oh, basically this, throughout I, the year. I can't escape him. The man is just a PR god. All I've heard is people talk about. It. I get it. He's probably gonna be pretty good when he comes back, but yeah. I mean, and I think this is an upside swing here. Like, of course, you you know he's only gonna sign with a contender, so you already have to add in a mix that's gonna be a winning team. Um, it's going to be somebody who likely has a good quarterback. Um, I think some of the teams that are floated out there are the Cowboys, the Bills. Um, like, how cool would he be in a Ravens jersey? Um, he might even consider going back to the Giants because um, they have been such surprises here. I think, depending on the team, this upside is not wide receiver one. It's probably wide receiver two. Uh, but it depends on the situation it goes into. A couple of those teams, he could easily slide in as the number two option. Uh, especially for people who are banged up at wide receiver like the Giants or the Ravens. I mean, I like him for the Cowboys. I really like him for the Cowboys. That would be incredible. I think it's a great, him and CD would be great together. Dak's a great quarterback. That would be huge for that offense. I I think the Cowboys, Sean. He goes to the Bills. Yeah. Don't you dare say on this podcast. Yes, Michael Gallup obviously hasn't looked like 100% himself since the injury and coming out of that this year, but um, another week of rest might make him feel a bit better. And, you know, the number two option spot in Dallas is basically his to lose or his to give up. Um, And we've been kind of waiting to see that all year. So it might be a good time to go add Michael Gallup. And, you know, you're, you're taking a bet for sure, but I think Dak and the offense looked really good last week before they had a bye. Um, And I think there's, Dak is plenty skilled of quarterback to support two good fantasy wide receivers and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. So, you know, they're same similar with Donovan Peoples Jones. There's work people out there to get. Yeah, with, with DPJ, Donovan Peoples Jones, he's always on the field. So they two wide receiver sets, three wide receiver sets. He's on the field. So because of that, he's gonna see volume. So he's a decent play with a solid floor. We haven't really seen a ceiling outcome quite yet, but he should be rostered. Especially when you play two, like you're in a league where you play two flexes, you should for sure play DPJ. Michael Gallup, you're right. You know, he's coming off this ACL, just had a bye week. Maybe he comes back and puts together a couple good weeks off the bye. Definitely think it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving over to the tight end spot, um, I actually like Noah Fant um, as a, a waiver suggestion. Um, so he's coming off his best performance of the season. Uh, I think he could be a really interesting option in week 10 against the Bucks, and then he has a bye. Then week 12 again after that, they play Las Vegas, and both those teams have been really, really bad against fantasy tight ends this year. So I actually think it's a good opportunity to uh, – Maybe get some Noah Fant stock on your team. I don't know. Um, Geno Smith and the Seahawks have been playing great. Obviously, we love them on this pod. So I just had to toss in some Seahawks recommendations. Um, and then my next tight end is Cole Komet. Um, this might feel like chasing fool's gold a bit, but three TDs in the past three weeks are not something to just like completely ignore, especially in tight end position and fantasy. Um, and I think the Bears offense overall is just improving. Week by week, um, the trust in Justin Fields is going um, higher and higher every week. So that means, you know, more passing plays, more opportunity for Komet to get in the end zone. And we saw this week, you know, Justin Fields went to him twice in the end zone. So I actually think Cole Komet could maybe have a late season surge here 
to kind of solidify or at least give some people some better feelings about their early season takes on Cole Komet and how he'd be a nice sleeper pick at tight end this year. Dude, he played good last year. He didn't score any touchdowns. Now Justin Fields playing better. I think Cole Komet's a solid play. I, I really do. I think he's worth picking up. I'd rather play Cole Komet over Hayden Hurst. Easily. See? Easily. You know, it's not that bad. Um, quick hit defenses. Um, let's see. I'm looking at who might be available. Um, you know, maybe Denver Broncos. They got Tennessee next week. Um, and they actually have a, you know, a really good defense, uh, but they were on a bye last week, so they should be available. Then they play Las Vegas after that and Carolina. Um, so that's a nice three game slate for Denver defense to shore up your defense spot. Um, as well. And then the Saints, uh, they didn't do so great against a very awesome quarterback, Lamar Jackson, tonight, but they will have Pittsburgh against Tiny Hands Pickett next week. Um, and then they play the Rams after that. Um, but I think those are probably some of the two stronger options that are out there. You should go pick up the Seahawks defense. They're going to be on a bye soon. So I think people will be a little nervous and they're going to play the Buccaneers next week. But the Seahawks defense has been awesome. It's been really good over the past like four or five weeks. And I think they have viability in playing in season long, like each week. So I like that. I know that's kind of a deep cut, but I think you should go pick up the Seahawks defense. Um, So yeah, let's spend the next 30 minutes on kickers. Uh, No, no, that is going to do it for us for our week nine recap or week 10 waiver wire priority ads. Keegan, we're almost done with the season. The fantasy playoffs start in a month. Don't say that, Sean. That makes me sad. Yeah, when the season's over, the existential void closes in, man. (laughs) Um, But we are existential void. That's how it feels to be a fantasy manager right now. I'm losing all hope. Teams are winning. Slim pickings. I had a bad. This is like the. (laughs) This is the witching hour of the fantasy season, where you know. Losing seasons become winning seasons, and winning seasons become absolute fucking catastrophes. So, we just got to make it to the playoffs, baby. That's all that matters. All right, Keegan, we will talk to you on Thursday, man. You have a good one. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you soon.